1: To be with you. I'm Jennifer Hadley, <laughs> and I am speaking to you from Greece. I'm on the island of Santorini in Greece, my first trip to Santorini. I'm here for some vacation time, and I'm taking a break from my vacation to be with you. It's morning where you are, and it's evening where I am. And I'm so happy to be able to join with you for a holy purpose. Our awakening. So grateful. Oh, let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Open our hearts. Open our minds. I'm going to begin with a prayer as we always do. I like to place my hand on my heart and say yes to the higher Holy Spirit self. Saying yes to being divinely guided and inspired. Saying yes to our healing to our awakening, to our expansion, to our clarity, to our freedom, to our loving heart, to being restored and renewed, to being compassionate, understanding, truly helpful. We take a breath of love and gratitude and we open ourselves to a deep and profound eternal healing, lasting healing. This is what we're calling forth. So we're dedicating our time together, we're dedicating our conversation to the awakening, the healing. We're dedicating ourselves to recognizing the I am that I am and that we are one with all beings So grateful to recognize the one mind, the one life, the one power, the one presence. So grateful to say yes to infinite love, intelligence, leading us and guiding us to our healing. To the very highest and best, most loving choices in each and every moment. We're truly grateful to join together for this purpose and To share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our dedication and devotion with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So... This is my third trip to Greece uh, over the last few years, over my lifetime. (laughs) And uh, I love Greece. I love the islands. There's something, I'm an island girl. I just am an island girl. I love the islands. I grew up in Rhode Island. And then my parents got a home on Deer Isle in Maine. And uh, then I went to college in Boston, which is not an island. (laughs) And then I moved to New York to Manhattan, which is definitely an island. Then I moved to LA. Uh, I've lived in Kauai and uh, love Kauai. Of course, one of the beautiful Hawaiian islands. I also love the UK. And uh, you could say that England and Ireland are giant Isles, the Emerald Isles, and uh, what other islands? Uh, I've spent a lot of time on the island of Andros in the Greek islands. I did a retreat there a couple of years ago with Gary Renard, and so I'll be returning there next month. No, next week, this weekend. And I'll be there for a few weeks. I find it very restful, the energies here uh, in Greece. But there's something about being on the islands, whatever island it is, that I just absolutely love. I do hope to be doing some forgiveness work starting later this year in New York and Manhattan. And I'm grateful for that. All right. Yes. and Of course, being here in Santorini, I'm thinking, hmm, can I do another retreat here in Greece sometime, maybe next year? Could I do a spiritual counseling training here in Greece? I think so. The ideas start percolating, percolating. (laughs) So right now I'm working on doing a spiritual counseling training intensive in Thailand in November and a retreat i'm gonna call self-love and extreme pampering also in thailand in november and i'm also looking at possibly doing the spiritual counseling training intensive in the uk so uh, when i go to thailand i'm also hoping we'll get a bunch of our brothers and sisters from australia to come visit in the uk to come visit in thailand should be really lovely in thailand in november and i found a beautiful place on the beach for us yeah some beautiful places in thailand so never been there ah it's so nice when we can get out of town together and do the deep work together Let's see what's going on here in the world of A Course in Miracles. Well, the Holy Spirit has guided me this week to chapter 16 in the text, which is entitled The Forgiveness of Illusions, and the section is section 1. It's entitled True Empathy. And uh, we're going to get into this on the retreat. Some people were asking me about empathy and compassion. So we're going to get into that this week. It's one of the things I teach about in my Finding Freedom course, my spiritual boot camp class. Hello to all the beautiful people in Finding Freedom. And also in Masterful Living, my year-long class. So uh, I find this is an extremely helpful topic for us in terms of Having healthier relationships, not just uh, our immediate relationships, but all relationships. So it starts off with, To empathize does not mean to join in suffering, for that is what you must refuse to understand. That is the ego's interpretation of empathy, and is always used to form a special relationship in which the suffering is shared. The capacity to empathize is very useful to the Holy Spirit, provided you let him use it in this way. Now, it's kind of interesting to me that here's Jesus telling us that uh, to empathize does not mean to join in suffering. Yet, if you look up empathy in the dictionary, what it says is, Empathy is the feeling that you understand and share another's experiences and emotions. It's the feeling that you share another person's experiences and emotions. To be able to experience, feel somebody's feelings. So, basically Jesus is saying that to empathize is... Not what it says in the dictionary. Because the dictionary definition of empathize is to have the same feelings as another person. To have the same feelings as another person. So it says, to empathize does not mean to join in suffering, for that is what you refuse to understand. So as we're living a course of miracles, we refuse to feel another person's feelings when they're negative like that. And so it's the opposite of the dictionary definition. I'm just going to say my take on this. Obviously, Jesus is the master, and I am remembering my mastery. So Jesus already remembers his mastery. Now, what I'm going to share here is that compassion is loving understanding, but it's not empathy. So it's being able to have understanding for. Compassion is to be able to have loving understanding for what a person is experiencing or going through without identifying with them. So to empathize is to have the same feelings as another person, according to Webster's Dictionary. I find that in my studies of A Course in Miracles, it's not that helpful to me when Jesus has a totally different definition for a word than what the dictionary has as a definition for the word because then we run into conversational challenges and misinterpretations and we already have so much of that with the ego so for me personally when I'm teaching this very same teaching from A Course in Miracles I use the word compassion rather than empathy and I actually teach it a little differently so I'm just going to share with you what I have found helpful maybe it'll be helpful to you So, we don't wish to join in other people's suffering. Now, let's look at the word sympathy, too, because I think that that's helpful. So, we've got sympathy, empathy, compassion. To sympathize with someone is really, in a lot of ways, to judge first. Oh, their situation is difficult and bad. And then to say, I feel sorry for you. That's what sympathy basically is. It's a judgment and then an extension of pity, in a sense. Right? Pity, pathetic, sympathetic. So, sympathy, not helpful. It's doing exactly what Jesus says here at the beginning of section 1 in chapter 16. It's saying, to empathize does not mean to join in suffering. So we don't we don't want to join in someone's suffering. We don't want to label someone's experience as bad or wrong. Because A, there's no such thing. That's something that is an illusion. That it's bad or wrong. Course in Miracles says repeatedly to us, there is no part of life that is not helpful that is not valuable and it is so important for us to recognize that that there is nothing that about our experience that is unhelpful nothing so let's open our hearts and minds to hmm only good can be unfolding only that which is helpful to me valuable to me is what i'm experiencing Let me find the value in it. Let me find the good in it, rather than reject it. All things are gently planned by one who's only interested in my good. All of life is helpful to me if I'm willing to see it and to recognize it. So that's the the point of view that we take in order to experience the good in our life. Yay. So, going Back to chapter 16, section 1 here, True Empathy. It says, The capacity to empathize is very useful to the Holy Spirit, provide you let Him use it in His way. Use it in His way. Let's find out what that means. It says His way, the Holy Spirit's way, is very different. The Holy Spirit does not understand suffering and would have you teach. It is not understandable. When the Holy Spirit relates through you, the Holy Spirit does not relate through your ego to another ego. So when we're in sympathy, Oh honey, that's so horrible. I feel so bad for you. That's relating ego to ego. First there has to be a judgment. It almost feels like condemnation to me. We're condemning someone to... A miserable perspective of what's going on when we're in sympathy i feel sorry for you i feel so bad for you my heart goes out to you now we can send our heart out in loving compassion that's different than sympathy so it says here holy spirit does not relate through your ego to another ego holy spirit does not join in pain understanding that healing pain is not accomplished by delusional attempts to enter into it and lighten it by sharing delusion okay so the dictionary definition of empathy is to feel somebody else's feelings it doesn't say whether it's pain or joy it just says to share another person's feelings now in most people's understanding of empathy, whatever is going on, empathy is to feel another person's feelings. That's our defi- definite definition of it in the English language. So Jesus is saying here that when someone is in pain, that sharing that pain is not helpful. Because the pain is delusional. So a Course of Miracles tells us, uh, lesson 190: pain is a wrong perspective. Not perception, perspective. When we have a wrong perspective, we will have a wrong perception, but pain is the result of a wrong perspective. What is the perspective that causes pain? It's identification with the body? It's feeling separate. It's the false identification. So when we're falsely identified with the body, with separateness from our divinity, we're going to feel some kind of pain. It could be physical pain. It could be emotional pain. It could be mental pain. And pain starts in the mind. It travels out to the emotional body. If we don't correct our thinking and heal our belief system, When we start to feel mentally agitated, it travels into our emotional body to help us wake up. That emotional upset, the mental upset, the emotional upset, I call it the divine alarm clock. Our divinity cannot be comfortable. It feels agitated and irritated and upset in some way. Whenever we're believing thoughts that aren't true. Whenever we're falsely identified. So the divine alarm clock goes off. It lets us know we're, we've got errors in our thinking. Danger, 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 Will Robinson. <laughs> correct your thinking. If we don't correct it, it travels into the emotional body. And if we don't correct it there, if we don't get... The divine alarm clock going off we don't perceive the divine alarm clock going off then it travels into our physical body so this is how pain is generated through these these channels and pain is a wrong perspective false identification so the holy spirit does not join in pain understanding that healing pain isn't accomplished by delusional attempts to enter into it. So feeling somebody else's pain, oh honey, I feel your pain, that is not helpful to anyone. What is helpful is to join with the Holy Spirit and recognize that the root cause of the pain is a false identification. And so it's delusional. So it can be... Dissolved and resolved and permanently healed back to the root cause, which is the belief now it says the clearest proof that empathy as the ego as the ego uses it is destructive lies in the fact that it is only excuse me it is applied only to certain types of problems and in certain people. The clearest proof that empathy as the ego uses it, is destructive, lies in the fact that it is applied only to certain types of problems and in certain people. So, for instance, if somebody is feeling joy and delight, how many of us empathize with them? How many of us go, oh, I want to feel your feelings of joy? You see, the ego doesn't join in that. The ego is attracted to joining in people's feelings when they feel sad, when they're having a pity party. Oh, I feel your pain, let's feel it together. Let's go into a pity party together. It says here, the ego selects those feelings out and joins with people who are feeling those negative feelings. It says the ego never joins except to strengthen itself. So, when somebody's feeling joy, when somebody's feeling bliss, when somebody's feeling super connected to their divinity, the ego is not going to say, oh, I want to join in on that. No way, Jose. Because the ego will only choose to empathize with what is self-destructive, which is ego building. Ego strengthening. So, this is what Jesus is telling us here. It says, The ego, having identified with what it thinks it understands, the ego sees itself and would increase itself by sharing what is like itself. So, when the ego sees a person who is miserable and unhappy and feeling pain and sorrow, the ego says, Ah, that's like me. So sharing in that is what the ego is interested in, attracted to, and drawn to precisely because it strengthens the ego. So therein, what we can realize, when someone is feeling sad, when someone is feeling upset and irritated and frustrated and angry, etc., 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 then we can stop, look, and listen. We can recognize, okay, Here's my opportunity to be truly helpful. And what you'll notice, what I've certainly noticed is, when I used to go into that pity party mode, what was I interested in doing? Sometimes I was interested in having somebody join me. Misery loves company. Right? That's what we think. Misery loves company. Validate my pain. Validate my suffering. So for a long time, that's what I was interested in. But then... When I became a dedicated spiritual student who was still experiencing these upsets, this pain, this suffering, all these challenges, what happened was I was no longer interested in that. I was no longer interested in uh, the pity party because I, my ego said, Oh, you know what? This feeling miserable, this feeling sad and stupid and wrong and bad, that is a sign that you are a spiritual failure. You have to hide that from your spiritual friends because your spiritual friends will judge you and think you're not spiritual. And that's the last thing in the world you want is for your spiritual friends to think you're not spiritual. Oh, no, no, no. The ego wanted <laughs> absolutely for to feel spiritually superior. That's what my ego was always after, feeling spiritually superior. Why? To counterbalance that feeling of spiritually inferior. You see how the separation is always playing out, even among spiritual students. Because when a spiritual student is still strongly identified with ego, the ego is going to drive their spiritual studies and their spiritual practice. And so what we can do in our healing is to just simply recognize, ah, These are the games that the ego is playing. The ego is playing all kinds of games. And we don't have to. We don't have to give into that. When we're seeing those ego games playing out, that's our perfect opportunity for us to have a healing. Let's claim our healing. Let's maximize our awareness by recognizing that when these ego games are going on, That's when we can really open up to the higher Holy Spirit self. And you know what? It's not that hard. It's about creating a new habit of what I call partnering up. So when we recognize that that divine alarm clock is going off, we're feeling upset, we're feeling agitated and irritated. And when we're feeling, oh, I'm spiritually stupid, Uh, I'd like to feel spiritually superior or any of those gamuts of thoughts and feelings going on, that's the perfect opportunity for us to say, ah, here's where I can call upon the higher Holy Spirit self. To lead me, to direct me, to guide me, to heal my heart and mind. I'm going to place all of this on the holy altar fire of divine love and say, Holy Spirit, please take all these thoughts, these feelings, all of it out of my mind, out of my experience. I'm just not interested in experiencing spiritual inferiority or superiority Anymore, I'm not interested in having pity parties anymore. What I'm interested in is transmutation, transformation, freedom, liberation from the suffering. And so, when there's uh, this idea coming into our mind that it's preferred to get somebody to say you're right, your situation is awful. Oh my God, I do have sympathy for you. Oh my God, I feel your pain. When there's the temptation to get somebody else to agree with us, if we can interrupt that pattern right there and say, I don't need to tell anybody about this. It's not about denying our feelings because denying our feelings is not remotely helpful. Our feelings are, Are the divine alarm clock going off, helping us to become alerted to what are our thoughts, what are our beliefs that we can change, that we can offer up to the Holy Spirit for healing? What is helpful to us is to say, okay, rather than trying to manage this, rather than trying to cope with it, rather than trying to find the solution, When I'm identified with the ego, why would I try to find the solution to my suffering? When I'm identified with the ego, why would I try to resolve my pain? By getting some solution in the world of effects. By looking to someone else to feel my pain or... or Dive into the misery with me. None of that's going to be helpful to me. The thing that's really going to be helpful to me is partnering up, giving it all to the Holy Spirit and standing in faith and saying, I have no idea how the healing is going to happen, but I'm in faith that it is happening now. Not in the future, but it's happening now and I will be experiencing it in the world of effects in my physical body, in my emotional body, in my mental body. It's all transpiring now, and I am willing to have a healing. That's how we do it. That's how it's done. <laughs> and so, it just takes practice. It takes willingness and practice. Practice, practice, practice. So our spiritual practice is not just A few minutes in the morning or even an hour or two hours in the morning. It's what we do all day long. It's what we do when things become difficult. When it feels like there's pressure. When it feels like the fit is hitting the shan. That's when our spiritual practice is going to bring a healing. And that's what it's all about. Bring the healing. All right, well, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. I'm so grateful to be connecting with you today. And while we're on a break, if you like, you can go to jenniferhadley.com. And check out all the offerings there. I still have some reduced A Course in Miracles tickets for the conference in 2018. I've got some free classes there. I've got my Interrupting the Habits of Fear class. Seven Simple Steps for Interrupting the Habits of Fear class. And also on the homepage at JenniferHadley.com, I've got my free forgiveness workshop, which is called how to get over it and then I have many other free offerings including daily prayer daily inspiration check it all out oh and remember I mentioned uh, I have uh, my family has a house on uh, an island off the coast of Maine it's on Deer Isle it's a beautiful house and this year we're renting it in the summer for vacation rentals sharing it with others and uh, it's a spectacular place Gorgeous, so I invite you to go and check that out. You can find a link there. There's an ad for it on the events page at jenniferhadley.com I am I'm Jennifer Hadley. Yes, I am and we're living a course of miracles We're walking the talk. We're living the love on unity online radio, and I'll be right
0: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Okay, welcome.
1: I'm so happy to be sharing this material with you it's so powerful (laughs) so we're learning what true empathy is true empathy is when we empathize with the Holy Spirit rather than the ego so this is what we're going for here and it says in the text chapter 16 section 1 paragraph 3 your part is only to remember this you do not want anything you value to come of a relationship you choose neither to hurt it nor to heal it in your own way you do not know what healing is all you have learned of empathy is from the past and there is nothing from the past that you would share for nothing from the past that you would keep there's nothing from the past you would keep So do not use empathy to make the past real and so perpetuate it. So, this is the thing is that we're looking at people, when we're identified with eco, we're looking at people and saying, oh, that's a terrible situation they have going on there. When we're looking at things like that, we're judging it. Those judgments are attack thoughts. If we're In judgment of people and we think we know what's best for them we think we know what should be happening or shouldn't be happening when we don't really know then it's a challenge then it's a real big challenge because we honestly do not know what's best for other people so you can see that it requires humility for us to be able to recognize that we don't know what's best. The Holy Spirit knows what's best. Let's give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting to do. So this is our part. Is to empathize with the Holy Spirit. To draw from the Holy Spirit's strength. It says here. Step gently aside and let the healing be done for you. Keep but one thought in mind and do not lose sight of it however tempted you may be to judge any situation and to determine your response by judging it so when we look at a situation we think this is bad this is wrong we're in that judgment mode that attack thought mode even if we think our thoughts are Sympathizing with them. We're being helpful to them by looking at them and going, Oh, honey, this is horrible. Oh, my heart bleeds for you, right? So, this traditional idea of empathy, sympathy, help, this is what we're thinking. If that's where we are in our mind with it, we're not being helpful because what does the Course teach us over and over and over again? All situations are truly helpful. All situations bring benefit. All situations are working together for our good. This is what the Holy Spirit teaches us. This is what we have to stand in and rely on. Without that, we're just floundering around with the ego. And this is something that we can definitely do. It just takes practice. It's building a new habit. How do we build a new habit? It takes great willingness. It really does. So we can build the habit very slowly or we can build it very quickly. That's up to us. It's up to us in terms of do we empathize with the Holy Spirit? Do we align with the strength? Do we align with the love? Do we align with the wisdom? Do we align with the clarity? Do we align with the freedom? Or do we look at everything in our experience and judge it through the lens of our past? This is what The opportunity is that's being given to us so everything from the past is not helpful to us anymore we don't need it we don't literally do not need our memories we literally do not need our belief system we don't need any of that stuff instead what we can learn to do and we are learning to do it is to practice aligning with the Holy Spirit and to not lose sight of that so it says here in paragraph three focus your mind only on this I am not alone and I would not intrude the past upon my guest my guest is the Holy Spirit I have invited the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is here I need do nothing except not to interfere so when we go into judgments and opinions then we're interfering and that's the fact so our choice here is to open ourselves to the healing to the expansion to the clarity to the freedom that's what we're going for this is what we're choosing this is what we're doing so it says here now in paragraph 4 true empathy is of the Holy Spirit who knows what it is you will learn the Holy Spirit's interpretation of true empathy If you will let the Holy Spirit use your capacity for strength and not for weakness. So our strength comes from aligning with the Holy Spirit and our weakness comes from aligning with the ego. The Holy Spirit will not desert you. But be sure that you don't desert the Holy Spirit. Humility is strength in this sense only. That to recognize and accept the fact that you do not know is to recognize and accept the fact that the Holy Spirit does know. So I of myself can do nothing. I of myself do not know what the answers are. I do not know what healing looks like. I do not know what should happen. I do not know what's highest and best here. But I'm willing to know. I'm willing to understand. I'm willing to receive the guidance and act upon it. Now, people will ask all the time, how do I know what the guidance is? How do I know? How do I know when the Holy Spirit's leading me and guiding me? I don't know. Here's how you know. The still small voice. It may not be a voice. For me, I don't hear a voice most of the time. It's a feeling that I have. Sometimes it's a thought that comes into my awareness. Sometimes it's a visual image. Insight, intuition, inspiration from the Holy Spirit comes in all of these different ways. But when the guidance comes, if we're truly willing to receive it, we'll know that we know. There is a sense of knowing. When we don't trust ourselves, when we are strongly attached to our opinions and judgments, then we will not feel confident in trusting the guidance even when it comes. So this is where we can learn how to discern. Learn to discern. So it says here, the Holy Spirit will not desert you, but be sure that you do not desert the Holy Spirit. Humility is strength in this sense only. To recognize and accept the fact that you don't know is to recognize and accept the fact that the Holy Spirit does know. You are not sure that the Holy Spirit will do His part, because you have never yet done yours completely. Now, this is an important point to understand. We don't trust the Holy Spirit because we have been untrustworthy. When we don't keep our agreements, when we don't do what we say we're going to do, then we are untrustworthy. And let's face it, who among us has not said, I'm not going to eat any more of those brownies and then we eat three of them who has said I'm never going to sleep with that person again and then there we go we sleep with that person who among us has, has not said I'm going to start that program of exercise tomorrow tomorrow comes we don't feel like it we don't start the exercise program we've all got stuff like this going on and it goes on and on and on and so then what happens is we know in our mind That we are not trustworthy. We might not admit it to anyone else. We might say, oh no, I'm very trustworthy. But anyone who's critical and judgmental of other people is not fundamentally trustworthy. Because where is their trust? Their trust is in their opinion. Their trust is in their judgment. Their trust is in their perception. Their trust is in the meaning that they have made of things and their interpretation, which is the ego's interpretation. Therefore, they are not truly trustworthy. The Holy Spirit is always trustworthy, but if we don't trust ourselves, we're going to project that onto the Holy Spirit, we won't trust the Holy Spirit. And that's just how it works. That is how the mind works. So in order to heal that, we simply become aligned with the Holy Spirit. You lead me, you guide me, show me how to be trustworthy I am willing to learn the Holy Spirit's not going to desert us but we won't trust that until we become trustworthy so this is why our spiritual practice is not something we do for an hour in the morning it's what we do our whole lives with it's what we do everything with unless we start placing our trust in the Holy Spirit at all times we won't have a clue so Our willingness is the healing mechanism to make this change. Humility is strength in the sense that we can have humility to say, I don't know what's highest and best. I don't know what should be and what shouldn't be. But I'm willing to be taught. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to know. I'm willing to discover. I'm willing to understand. This is where my willingness is. And I am grateful and thankful to claim it. I'm grateful and thankful to say yes to it. I'm grateful and thankful to open my heart and my mind to the very highest possibility of love in each and every moment, even though I don't know what it is. I'm willing to trust the still small voice. However it reveals itself will reveal itself to me and I can follow it. I can live it. I can go for it. I'm grateful and thankful that I can choose this with my whole heart right here and right now. So it's through that practice that we begin to really trust. It's through that practice. So we learn. It's practice, 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 practice. And that's how we get there. Now, it says here, you cannot know how to respond to what you do not understand. So, we don't understand situations, events, and circumstances. We don't, because we're looking at it through the ego. So, if we're doing that, looking at it through the ego, we won't understand what's really going on. We won't understand what things are really for. So we're not going to know how to really respond. All the more reason why the wisdom is to step back. To step gently aside and let the healing be done for us. Let ourselves be guided and led. This is the smartest path. And we can do it. We can absolutely do it. I know it. (laughs) This is what I've been learning to do. And it's been so very, very helpful to me. I'm so grateful. It says here, you cannot know how to respond to what you do not understand. Be tempted not in this, and yield not to the ego's triumphant use of empathy for its glory. So if we go into empathizing with someone, meaning sharing their feelings of lack and limitation and pity and sorrow, uh, all the negative emotions, it's the ego's triumph. Moving on to paragraph five. The triumph of weakness is not what you would offer to a brother. And yet you recognize no triumph but this. So how many times have we gone to help our brothers and sisters by saying, Oh honey, I bleed for you. I feel your pain. My heart bleeds for you. That was a common, you know, expression. Is I feel your pain. Oh, my heart bleeds for you. Oh honey, I feel so sorry for you. I feel bad for you. This is not helpful to us at all. This is a triumph for the ego. It says, This is not knowledge. And the form of empathy which would bring this about is so distorted that it would imprison what it would release. So we think we're being helpful and we're actually being destructive. We're imprisoning the person in our opinions and our judgments of what's going on in their life. When we are... In that negative use of empathy. It says the unredeemed cannot redeem. Yet they have a redeemer. So we're the unredeemed. And we have a redeemer. Which is the I am presence. The Holy Spirit. Let's not try to redeem our brothers and sisters. Let's let the Holy Spirit redeem us. And then we can extend that. To everyone so this is why choosing the atonement for ourselves this is the highest and best path for us at every time so I don't know what anything is for this world is an illusion let me not have empathy for people's pain and suffering let me have empathy with the Holy Spirit and stand in the place of strength and move out of identification with the past Time, space, body. Let me move beyond that identification. The Holy Spirit will lift us there if we allow. It says, attempt to teach the Holy Spirit not. So we're not the teacher of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to help the Holy Spirit understand what a terrible situation this is and and bring God in to fix the terrible situation. No, no. We do not bring the light to the darkness. We bring the darkness to the light. We bring the dark spots in our mind to the light. That's how we become the happy learner. It says, You are the learner. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Do not confuse your role with the Holy Spirit's, for this will never bring peace to anyone. Offer your empathy to the Holy Spirit, for it is the Holy Spirit's perception and the Holy Spirit's strength that you would share. And let the Holy Spirit offer you His strength and His perception to be shared through you. So when we align with the Holy Spirit, then we can extend that teaching, that learning, that healing to anyone and everyone because all minds are joined. Remember, if we start looking at somebody and thinking, oh, it's terrible what's happening to them, and we move into that negative use of empathy, We're just making it seem so real that's not helpful to them. That is the opposite of being truly helpful. That's the total total opposite. So it says here the meaning of love. Is lost in any relationship that looks to weakness and hopes to find love there so if we're looking at someone and thinking that they're weak that they have a problem we're not looking with eyes of love we're not going to find love there it says the power of love which is the <laughs> the name of my ministry the power of love powerofloveministry.net. the power of love the power of love which is its meaning, love is powerful, lies in the strength of God that hovers over it and blesses it silently by enveloping it in healing wings. The power of love, which is its meaning, lies in the strength of God that hovers over it and blesses it silently by enveloping it in healing wings. Let this be. Just let it be. And do not try to substitute your miracle for this so we have ideas of what we think a miracle is we think a miracle is the uh, mortgage will get paid the person doesn't go into bankrupt bankruptcy we think the miracle is they're not fired they get to keep that job for another 20 years we think the miracle is that she doesn't leave him and they stay married for many years we think that the miracle is that The cancer is healed. We have no idea what the miracle is. We just do not know. Let us not pretend that we do not know. Let us not trust in our own opinion. When our opinion comes through looking at what's happening through the lens of the past. The miracle is when we're willing to align with the Holy Spirit. And have empathy with the Holy Spirit. And draw on that strength. And let the Holy Spirit extend Perfect insight, wisdom, clarity, transmutation, transformation, healing through us by training us to see the situation correctly. This is the healing that we can bring into our experience. It says here, I have said that if a brother asks a foolish thing of you to do it, but be certain that this does not mean to do a foolish thing that would either hurt hurt him or you for what would hurt one will hurt the other foolish requests are foolish merely because they conflict since they always contain some element of specialness so what is specialness specialness is giving to get I love you because you validate me that's specialness I'm going to do what you say so that you will do what I say. I'm going to agree with you so there's no conflict. Even though I don't actually agree with you. I'm going to pretend I agree with you. These are all the things that we're talking about right here. These are all the elements of specialness. There's more, of course. Only the Holy Spirit recognizes foolish needs as well as real ones. And the Holy Spirit will teach you How to meet both without losing either. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to bring healing wherever we go, whatever we do, if we're willing. So this is why we have that purpose prayer. I am here only to be truly helpful. I don't have to wonder what to say or what to do because the one who sent me will guide me. This is the same thing that we're talking about here. It says, you will attempt to do this only in secrecy. So you're going you're gonna to only attempt to do this in secrecy. And you will think that by meeting the needs of one, you do not jeopardize another. Because you keep them separate and secret from each other. So you might be keeping things a secret. So you keep your opinions and judgments secret. You keep what you think is you know is best secret. but this is not how we're going to operate when we're being directed by the Holy Spirit that is not the way for it needs not to life and truth no needs will long be left unmet if you leave them all to the Holy Spirit whose function is to meet them so just think about that for a second think about how many needs you think you have that are not being met the Holy Spirit will meet them all if you let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting Do the guidance, do the healing, do the transformation. Stop trying to do it on your own. Let the Holy Spirit do it. It says here that is his function, not yours. This is the Holy Spirit's function, it's not yours. Your function is not to do the healing, but to allow the healing. Your function is not to figure out what needs to be done. The Holy Spirit already knows. Your higher self already knows. This is why I say over and over and over again, it's so helpful to realize if you're trying to figure it out, if you're trying to understand it, if you're trying to make sense of it, just stop. Rest your mind. You're identified with the ego. The ego ego will never understand it. Trying to understand things when you're identified with the ego is a fool's errand. Trying to figure out what to do when you're identified with the ego is a fool's errand. Trying to make sense of things is a fool's errand. Give all of that responsibility to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will respond. Give the responsibility for figuring it out to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can respond and work through you. Be in that place of true surrender. That's where the healing's going to come from. It says here, that is His function and not yours. He will not meet the needs secretly, your needs and everybody else's secretly, for the Holy Spirit would share everything you give through Him. That is why the Holy Spirit gives it. What you give through the Holy Spirit is for the whole sonship, not for just part of it. Leave the Holy Spirit His function, for He will fulfill it if you but ask Him to enter your relationships and bless them for you. Wow! Wow! So powerful! This is how you can be truly helpful. Step aside gently and let the Holy Spirit Fulfill its function through you. Remember, the Holy Spirit, the higher self, already knows all the answers. The ego never does and never will. It's just going to make stuff up. Looking through the lens of the past, its perception, its projection. True healing, lasting healing, requires having trust and faith in the Holy Spirit, not in our opinions and judgments. So true empathy is aligning with the strength of the Holy Spirit and seeing that there are no problems there's only the illusion of the problem of separation this is our healing this this is how we rejoice woohoo <laughs> yes so powerful i just love it i rejoice i rejoice and i get to share it with you so i get to double rejoice yay i'm so happy for our learning this learning has been so helpful to me. It's so liberating. It's so happy-making. It makes life so much easier. And I love that we can share that together. <sighs> Alright, so just before I pray out, I would like to share with you that this broadcast is uh, produced by Unity Church Churches and the Power of Love Ministry net power of love ministry dot net so your contributions are what fund these free radio shows and right now at power of love dot net we are in the process of transcribing the radio shows that project is on like Donkey Kong and you can still volunteer to join us if you would like we'd love your help and assistance with that project Uh, not necessarily to do transcription but there's proofreading different parts of it you can help us with we'd love it and we're building the web pages to put the free transcripts up on the website and then the next thing we're going to do is we're also going to make videos with closed captioning so those who would like can listen and read on the screen and also Now, with the transcription and the closed captioning videos, we're going to be able to give all of these radio shows to the deaf who could previously not be able to access them. Isn't that wonderful? So thank you for your contributions. You can make donations at powerofloveministry.net or at jenniferhadley.com. Taking that breath of love and gratitude, we're grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. We're grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, to place our trust and faith only in the Spirit, and to extend only love, to teach only love, for that is what we are. In gratitude, we allow the healing and the extension of love to simply be. gratitude. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.
0: Thank you for tuning into A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk